Coming up in this podcast, Innovation Strategy, Wheatstone, Pilbara Mining, Sam Walsh and Commercial Property. Welcome to Mark My Words, the weekly podcast from Business News with Mark Panel and Mark Beyer discussing the important business news and data stories from Western Australia. Hi, I'm Mark Panel, And I'm Mark Beyer. Welcome to our weekly podcast. Mark, the state launched its innovation strategy this week. Uh, what is that all about and what are the chances of success? Well, a big desire on the part of the state government to diversify the state economy, something people have talked a lot about in Western Australia over the years. The Barnett government belatedly is putting some money and some focus in this area, $20 million, so not a lot in the scheme of things, but could be enough to make a significant difference. So Bill Marmion came out with some of the details during the week. Uh, One of the most interesting ideas is a co-funding scheme. So if angel investors put up money for a new venture, then the government will contribute a grant towards that. Also money for a commercialisation fund for the universities to commercialise some of the smart things coming out of there. Mm. Generally, it's been very well received. The government consulted widely. One area of concern, the government has announced this co-funding scheme, but nobody knows when it will start or what the details will be. So there's a concern that there'll be a gap now. People will put everything on hold until they know whether or not they might qualify in the future. All right, which has sort of happened with the, the federal government had its new tax rules and there sort of was the same thing, that people were waiting until July 1 and it held everything up. That's exactly. There was a six-month hiatus as a result of the federal changes yep. and there's a concern that the same thing might happen here, as well as the fact that we've got a state election coming up in March, possibility of a change of government. So, you know, still uncertainty there, but an encouraging sign. Agreed. Um, Yeah, and this is always a challenging area. We had an interesting story during the week. Um, Anaco, it's an ASX-listed company in Perth. They've been investing in technology for waste recycling. Now, they've invested a phenomenal amount of money, $165 million over about 15 years to try and commercialise this technology. And yet the place where it's being uh, utilised at Shenton Park, that project has just gone into administration. Mm. So a really telling case study about how challenging it can be to commercialise new technology. Yeah, absolutely. Now, speaking of costs, uh, there was a blowout in costs at Wheatstone. It was big news earlier in the week. Is that surprising? It was surprising in the sense that the heat has come out of the construction market. Uh, you know, most of the big um, oil and gas and, and mining projects are now completed. Uh, the labour shortages that used to be a problem have, have gone away. Uh, and yet what Chevron came out and said, $5 billion cost blowout. So it's now around $34 billion. And they got asked that very question. Uh, their explanation, um, they had some very big modules coming in from fabrication yards in Asia. And one particular module... Uh, wasn't built properly, too much complexity. And the other issue, they said, lack of planning. They hadn't done enough engineering work and they discovered it was more complex once they actually started building it, which I find quite extraordinary. I mean, there's Mm. been a lot of LNG plants built around the world and the Wheatstone site is a pretty straightforward site, doesn't have the complexities of Barrow Island. And yet here we are, after all that experience that the industry's got, they're still making some very big mistakes. Yeah, that, and, uh, you know, it looks harder when the uh, oil and gas price 
prices are much lower, <laughs> harder to disguise. Um, now, Mark, you are in the Pilbara recently, um, and among the people you talked to was 40 Under 40 winner Julie Shuttleworth, uh, who runs FMG's Solomon Operation. What did you learn from the visit? Yeah, well, look, that was an example of a project that actually did come in on time and on budget. Um, look, I love going up to the Pilbara. You know, just the, the scale of the operations up there I, I find quite staggering. So we had a look at the port operations at Port Headland. You know, just these massive volumes of iron ore that are getting handled, conveyors going everywhere, train unloaders, ship loaders, you know, quite spectacular. And out at Solomon, I mean, it's just a, a vast mining operation. And Julie Shuttleworth, 40 under 40 winner, is general manager there. So on the one hand, yes, great to see Fortescue's operations you know, running well. Um, things like driverless trucks. We've read a lot about driverless trucks, but it's still pretty weird when you're standing there right next to one <laughs> and it's trundling past you and there's no driver inside. But also, Julie's story is amazing. She's a, a high achiever and just had her first baby. She's in her early 40s, and she spoke at length about how she's combined fly-in, fly-out work as general manager of a big mining operation with being a mother. Now, she suspects, and she's probably right, there aren't many people who've got that combination, and yet she's set up her life and she has appropriate support from her family and her employer so it can work for her. So a great case study, which you can read all about in, in the next edition of Business News, about how she's managed to combine those things. There should be a lot of interest in that um, to a lot of our readers. Oh, totally. It was a, it was a, it's a great story, actually. Uh, now, still with a bit of a, a mining link, uh, former Rio Tinto chief uh, Sam Walsh is back in Perth and signed up as chair of the WA Art Gallery. What do we take from this? Yeah, look, that's a, that's a big get for the Art Gallery of WA to have someone with Sam's profile and his you know, passion for the arts. He's, um, before he went to London with Rio about three years ago, you know, he was very active in the arts sector here, um, particularly at Black Swan State Theatre Company. And uh, he picked up some interesting experience in London. He was very involved over there as well. And he tells us that he's planning to bring back some of that experience to the Perth market and uh, try and lift support, particularly amongst young people. He thinks we've got to get more young people into the art gallery and, and getting involved. But also another example of you know, a, someone at the top end of business being very supportive. We've got people like Mark Barnaba, who now heads up uh, Black Swan. Uh, we've got Terry Bowen from West Farmers, heads up WA Opera. Uh, Janet Holmes Court heads up the WA Symphony Orchestra. So these are the people you need if you want to get uh, financial support for your arts organisations here in Perth. Yeah, and bringing all that other experience as well, business experience. No, it's great. Thanks, Mark. This week, commercial property is our special feature. Uh, our property reporter, Dan Wilkie, joins me in the studio to tell us what he's found. Uh, good day, Mark. Thanks for having me again this week. Um, pretty interesting times at the moment uh, for commercial developers. Well, probably more interesting for market watchers, probably better described as really challenging for the developers. Um, Perth's come to the end of its biggest office supply cycle in its history, and there's no real new major office buildings on the horizon. But developers are still pretty busy in the CBD. Um, if floors are empty, they're being refurbished, and if buildings are full, office landlords are looking at the success of Brookfield Place and 140 William and seeing if they can replicate it um, just to make their building uh, remain attractive to tenants. So we're going to see even more food and beverage precincts popping up in the city. Um, and tenants really still have that really good opportunity to line up 
better office accommodation. Um, one of those re- redevelopments is at QB1. Uh, they, they got a DA approved last month. Now, that DA got tongues wagging around the city because it actually included two new office towers as well. People were wondering, have they lined someone up? I spoke to um, Eureka Funds Management, who co-owns the building with Investor, and they say they're just going to sit tight on that until the time's right. So no new buildings imminent at QB1, but the retail and hospitality upgrade is going to start early next year. Okay. And uh, generally, I mean, this is the pressure because the tenants have got the box seat, right? Yeah, there's well, the vacancy rate in the city is about 22%, and over half of the buildings in the city have a vacancy of some kind. So if your lease is expiring at the moment, you've got building owners lining up with fantastic deals, with paying for fit-outs, giving you massive incentives on rent just to get you over the line and sign you up. So if, if your lease is expiring, you really, as you said, tenants are in the box seat. Great. Thanks very much, Dan. Thanks, mate. Uh, and just a reminder for listeners, nominations are open for a couple more weeks on 40 Under 40. So if you know an outstanding and entrepreneurial person under the age of 40, visit our website 40under40.com.au and nominate them. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Mark My Words with Mark Powell and Mark Bayer from Business News. For more information, please go to businessnews.com.au forward slash podcasts. And to receive these regularly, search for Business News WA in iTunes or SoundCloud.